0: Hello and welcome to the How To Money podcast, a financial education podcast for young Australians aimed at opening up the conversation around money. I'm your host, Kate, and today I've invited Nathan from Wildcard onto the show. In this episode, we chat about what he's doing with Wildcard, a reverse budgeting method, and some of the tips and tricks he has for saving and budgeting as a young person today. This episode was kindly supported by eTax Accountants, Australia's favourite online tax agent. eTax is a company that I've personally used for the last few years to complete my tax returns online, with live assistance from qualified accountants and definitely no chatbots in sight. Some of their unique features include a live tax refund calculator and deduction tips based on your job to help boost your tax return. So sort out your taxes today by heading to eTax.com.au. Just a quick reminder that everything we cover on this podcast is for financial education purposes only, and we are not giving you any advice. If you do want advice, please seek the help of a qualified and competent professional and do some research. Remember, it's your money, so take control. Now let's get started. Well, Nathan, thank you so much for joining us on the How To Money podcast today, and it's great to have you here. Thanks for having me. Now, before we get started, uh, I'd love if you could share a little bit about yourself um, and your journey into the financial services industry and a little bit about your company, Wildcard.
1: So um, I guess my journey into the industry is a bit funny. It was a bit by accident. I actually was studying uh, languages at uni and I dropped out to start my first company, uh, which is an app called Wordsmith, uh, and I taught myself to code. Um, and built it on my own and kind of, um, it became quite popular. And, and through doing that, I met, um, met a couple of people in, in the finance industry. Uh, one of them who is now my co-founder and, uh, I basically just had this idea. I knew a lot of my friends had some serious problems managing their money. I had a friend who, um, who was making probably like 20 grand more than me a year and just had maybe $300, no savings account. And she lost her phone and she couldn't save up the money to get a new one. And it just kind of gave this idea like there's got to be, there's got to be some way to help people. And because I was really into to apps and, and doing a lot of tech stuff, I sort of came up with this idea of the first version of Wildcard. And basically the idea was that, um, you know, what if when you got paid, because I noticed that a lot of people when they get paid, they sort of spend most of the money at once. Um, and then they're kind of sort of, you know, for the first week or so they're spending lots of money and then the last week in their pay cycle, they're kind of eating cereal for dinner the day before payday. Um, so the idea was what if you could sort of spread out your money over the pay cycle rather than getting all once in the beginning. Um, so the first version of wildcard, essentially your slip would go straight into savings. Uh, and then what we do is over the course of the month or the fortnight, we would drip it onto your card for you to spend. Uh, and what we noticed was that actually started changing people's behavior and help them spread out their, their, their finances, spread out their spending, uh, and help them build up the savings. Um, so that's kind of – that's a bit behind what we're up to. Um, it, it's quite a big – we feel it's quite a big problem. You know, probably about half of people my age, people under 30, have very little in savings. I think the stats are that a quarter of us have under 1,000 and half of us have under 5,000. And so we're really trying to help people, uh, I guess, spend less and save more.
0: Mm, And I think that's a a really different approach you've actually taken with Wildcard, which is completely different to what any other financial technology startup is doing, is actually that reverse budget where instead of starting with it all and sort of whittling it down and trying to put some aside, you start, you put it aside to start with and sort of drip it in over the month.
1: Yeah, yeah. I really love the term reverse budget. Um, I feel it's exactly what we're trying to do. I think a lot of the, I guess a lot of the orthodoxy, a lot of the stuff that's that, that people think about budgeting and finance is very restrictive. Like we kind of talk about budgeting kind of like dieting. It's, it feels like you're, it feels like it's very restrictive and that you, you, and there's this negative psychology of where you have a very limited amount of money and that, that amount keeps going down. And I think one of the, biggest things that we're doing actually is just flipping that around so that you're always getting more money um because we're sort of giving you a portion of your pay every day and i think that positive psychology i think is what's actually causing people to stick to it Um, rather than a budget which often people will do a budget for a month much like a like a crash diet and then they'll sort of abandon it and go back to go back to the beginning so um yeah the reverse budgeting i think is a really good way to put it
0: Mm, and I, I know, even personally, trying to set a budget for myself, nothing. Life just doesn't work within precise categories. Yes, and, yeah, yeah. definitely. And then you feel bad Maybe. when you can't actually achieve what you set out at the beginning of the month because you have an unexpected car expense that comes up or a medical expense, and it doesn't fit in any of your categories.
1: I feel like I feel like I've heard that a lot from people. They say, "Oh, you know, I was using this budgeting app for a while, and then." you know, one month, something came up and I blew my budget by like 300 bucks and it made me feel hmm. really bad. So I just stopped using it. We very intentionally designed it so that if you ever sort of go sort of over your spending amount, it just goes back down to zero and you start again. So it's, there's no, you know, there's no red alert that pops up. There's no like, um, no error messages, doesn't go in the negative or anything like that. Um, we're just trying to make it a bit more, a bit gentler for people, I guess.
0: Yeah, so you get to sort of start afresh each day rather than sort of saying yeah. you've exceeded. Because I know some apps I have tried, they say, like, warning, you've exceeded your monthly spending, you've got to cut back. And it's kind of like, well, I've still got things to pay this month.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I think that that's, that's the approach we've tried to avoid, actually. One of the things we're doing now is um, we actually, I think tomorrow or so, we'll launch a version of the app where... If you spend a bit too much, it kind of just slows down um, how fast your spending number is is ticking up. So basically just like slowly course corrects and if you keep spending a bit less then it'll sort of, when you next get paid again, it doesn't really matter. It just starts again.
0: <laughs> like the data usage on your phone getting slowed down once you've gone over your budget. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's mm. right. <laughs> Except we yeah. don't charge you $10 per gigabyte.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um No, I found that just really interesting Um, and especially because of the whole thing with budgeting, it's quite difficult. So, just having sort of a broad categories and I think um, when I was having a look at the app, you can set how much you want to spend each day and sort of set up all those parameters.
1: Yeah, um, we, I guess when you mentioned the categories, like one of the things that we try to do with Avoid, uh, you know. I think a lot of banking apps and a lot of budgeting apps these days. You know, you'll have a category for transport, you'll have a category for food, um, for lifestyle purchases, for all these different things. Um, and in Wildcard, you just have two categories: it's was this spending or was it not spending? Um, and that's a really good way to sort of separate out. We feel it's a really good way to separate out your finances because one day you'll you'll have an emergency like your pet will get sick and you'll have to spend money on like pets and other other like the misc and then other days you'll have days when you're going out or there's someone's birthday and you've got to spend a lot of money on food and drinks so it doesn't really matter um I, we think that like making it simpler and just sort of giving people two categories uh, mm. is a much better way to do it
0: yeah and how have your users found using the app has it actually do you know if it's actually improved people's ability to save and manage their money
1: yeah, I think we're seeing some really interesting and some really promising results so far. Um, one of the things I really like is we just looked into the data and, and looked at how what percentage of all the money that was spent on wildcard was like within people's daily spending amount, um, and it was something like 87%. So only only a small portion of the money people spend, people only go over like by a small amount um, generally. So that was really promising, because I think if you think about how um, you know typically you know someone will dump a bunch of money into savings, and then every time they're going out and buying lunch or whatever it is, they'll take the money out of savings again. That doesn't happen a lot with us, which I which uh, which I think we're all really happy about. Yeah, and I think and we've also noticed that a lot people have a lot more in their savings accounts than they do in their spending accounts in Wildcard. Uh, I think something like almost twice as much. So that's also, like, a, quite a promising one for us, that people are actually starting to build up savings. And we have mm. heard from a few people that it's, like, the first time that they've had, like, a decent amount of savings in a while.
0: Yeah, wow. Well, that, and that's a pretty good success story. And I know a lot of Australians are living paycheck to paycheck. So any sort of effort to help change that is really beneficial for us.
1: Yeah, it's a really it's a really big problem. So, I mean, anyone who's trying to, trying to solve it, I think, um, I'm really excited about.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, I know your app is very focused on sort of that spending and saving side of things. So I was wondering if you had some good ideas for young people who are trying to reach a savings goal, maybe it's a holiday or their first home deposit.
1: I think I would say to people to keep it simple, um, you know, what we're doing might not be for everyone. But, you know, if you do have, uh, you know, if you have set up a budget, if you are using uh you know you've got an excel spreadsheet or something just keep it simple don't make a super super complicated system for yourself where you have to track every single category or you have to um you know you have to track it every day i would just say you know if you want to track your spending uh do it like don't do it too often don't have too many categories um and i think the most important thing is as well just to be mindful about it so You don't really need to be looking at every day, but if you check, you know, if you do sort of check every week or so how your savings is tracking uh, and whether it's going up, uh, I think that's a good routine to be in. And if you just make that a habit, uh, you you might find that you're that you sort of naturally tend to spend less and save more. Mm,
0: And I've sort of had that debate with people whether it's better to check your sort of savings and budget every day or maybe it's better once a week. I'm not sure if you have any thoughts on that because I'm kind of a sort of a, a daily checker, but I know a lot of people are sort of only once a week and that sort of works well as well.
1: Um, well, I think it, it depends on how it makes you feel right because if every time you check your budget and you feel really, um, really depressed about it, then it's probably worthwhile not checking it too often. <laughs> um, but if it's something that, you know, if you're confident about it and it's something that's actually motivating you and helping you um, with whatever it is that you're trying to save for, then yeah, I, I would encourage people to engage with it more. I think it just depends on on who you are and your relationship with money.
0: Mm, absolutely, and there's so much um, in terms of our finances and how tied up they are with our emotions and how we feel. Um it's, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, I mean, I I definitely know a lot of people who will check their bank account once on payday, and then. Maybe once a couple of days before the next payday, because they're stressed out if their rent payment's gonna kind of bounce. Um, so for those people, there's like quite a, it's quite an emotional roller coaster over the pay cycle. But I know other people who um, who really like that feeling of, of of making progress towards their savings goals. And for them, I think it's actually really good to to be really engaged with it because um, I guess the more you engage with it, the more that you'll um, you'll think about it when you're spending and that you'll um, you'll build up the savings.
0: Yeah, so if a young person currently doesn't have any savings at all and they're really trying to just get that first $100 as sort of the emergency fund, what are your ideas on sort of getting that very first small bit put aside for your emergency fund?
1: Oh, that's so important, right? I think there's a couple, there's probably a couple of like clever things you can do. One thing I've heard, and, and this is actually something that we're going to introduce the product soon, um, but one thing I've heard is, you know, people will give, will, will get paid and because on paydays when you have the most money, so they'll get paid and then they'll take a hundred bucks, something like that. And they'll just like transfer it to their mum or their best friend or something. And so they don't have access to it. It's, I think that's actually quite a clever idea as a way to get you started because, um, because that self-control is really difficult. When you, if you see the money, you, you just spend it. Um, and and if you give it to someone you trust, I'm not necessarily suggesting that you transfer money to other people, but um, <laughs> if you somehow lock it away, you can't touch it, even if you want to. Um, that's you know that's a really because everyone starts out with the best intentions, right? You start out and you go, I'm going to put this money in my savings, and I'm not going to touch it for the rest of the month. And then unless it's an emergency, of course, because it's my emergency fund. And then like two weeks later, ASOS has like 20% off and you're like, well, that's <laughs> definitely an emergency. I'm going to take the money out of my emergency fund right now. So if you add some friction there, if you, you know, if you send it to someone or if you put it in a different account or that, it, you, you know, that's going to stop you from doing that potentially.
0: Mm, and it's kind of like in this circumstance, out of sight, out of mind is actually beneficial to yes. you.
1: Yeah, yeah um, definitely. Definitely. When
0: most of your finances, you actually don't want to completely forget about what's happening. <laughs>
1: I find that sometimes people think like the more they interfere with it and the more they look at it, like the better. But that's not always the case. I think in this in this particular case, if you don't see it, you probably won't spend it, which is um, which is what you want.
0: Mm, and I, and a lot of people say when you're trying to save for something, having automated payments is also really helpful as well because there's less less friction for you actually having to save that money and put it aside.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, you, I would not recommend. To anyone, not to have automatic payments set up if you can avoid it. Um, just manually paying bills, I think, just adds a lot of stress to your life. It's obviously a, you know, a little bit of pain every time you like send money to your phone company. You want to avoid that, and I think that's gonna, that's part of people's negative relationship with their money is when it becomes really manual and tedious, and they have to do it, you know they have to um, they have to manage all the minutiae of it. If you can avoid that, I think you'll like naturally have a better relationship your money
0: mm, absolutely and then uh, sort of on that other side when we're actually tapping um for all our payments with our card um often we don't realize how much we're spending so i guess that's where a wild card comes in handy when it actually tells you oh you've kind of spent your money for the day um so you don't just go crazy with your card
1: yeah well i think that's one of the biggest things and that's why it's so hard for people our age often to manage their spending because you, you know, it's like, it's getting every, every day there's like some new service where you can like, you know, like the buy now, pay later stuff. And and it's Mm. so easy now with your phone to just tap and, um, and forget about it. And I think that that's really contributing to this problem that we have where people are just spending too much and they're spending mindlessly and, um, and I, I, I almost feel like people say, oh, I'm so bad with spending and I'm so bad with my money. And I almost feel like a lot of it really isn't what I say to a lot of people. is like, it's not really your fault. Like we really do have this culture now of instant gratification and hyper consumerism and, um, and all of these things are designed, I guess, to make you not think about spending money. <laughs> so mm. if you can just like, if you can just, you know, if you just think about it, if you're just mindful about it, um, and you just think twice before you spend and not just tap. Um, that's that's really good. I mean I know I know people who just carry around cash because um because it's sort of like makes you think every time you pull out your wallet and take the money out. I'm not necessarily suggesting it's a convenient way to manage your money, but um, it works for some people.
0: Mm, I definitely think with all the buy now pay later, they do present their brands in very glamorous ways. Like you, you can have it all right now, and that often gets sort of young people into a hole that they didn't really want to get themselves into.
1: Yeah, look, I think you know for some people, a lot of people kind of use um, those buy now pay later services as a budgeting tool to manage their cash flow. Because you know if you have no money at the end of the pay cycle, you still need to buy things sometimes. Mm. And, those those tools can help you but i'm more concerned about this bigger trend of of everything going that way and and people using these services all the time um again for like asos emergencies rather than real emergencies and um, and i think that's really taking us to a place where 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 people are just spending too much and and that means they can't save.
0: and i yeah it really comes down to you actually have spending less than you earn and that's that's probably one of the key concepts of personal finance that goes back to the beginning of time. Um, I think I realised yeah, that's
1: why like. I should have. When you said if I had tips, that's what I should have said like that's yeah. actually, <laughs> Spend less than you earn. Like that's the biggest thing, um, and if you can get that down, then like mathematically speaking, you'll be fine. <laughs> um, but you've got to get that down, and that's that's why you know it's funny because our generation I think is probably the least uh, you know hooked on credit of any generation uh, in Australia, you know, our parents' generation all use credit cards, um, broadly speaking, uh, and they all sort of max out their credit cards and then pay them off slowly and, and that kind of thing. And they all, you know, home loans and personal loans and all that kind of thing. We don't use any of that stuff. Um, it's only just recently that we're starting to use things like, um, these, these buy now pay later services, um, but I think in moderation, it's fine. But what we don't want to get to is where people rely on credit, because when you rely on credit, it means you can very, very easily spend more than you earn. So that's Absolutely. what I, I think. That's why it worries me, because it, it kind of it it makes the equation out of whack.
0: Mm, and and the banks and financial institutions are all encouraging you to get credit cards with massive credit limits. I mean, oh, of
1: the... course, because that's how the industry works. I mean, if we shift a bit to it to the industry side of things, like the whole banking and finance industry is built around credit. Um, every bank and banking type institution in the country makes money when you get into debt. That's, that's their business mm. model. And so what they want, you know, with, you know, with a big bank, you'll, you know, you'll typically, they'll hook you in with a, with an account, with a card, just a debit card, and then you turn 18, they'll send you a letter for a, for a credit card with a massive credit limit and then they're trying to get you into a personal loan to buy a car. And then they're trying to get you into a home loan to buy a house um, because that's where, where they make the money. Um, and we've tried, and even though we're in this industry, like we tried really explicitly to try and avoid that model, right? Because that kind of puts us at odds with people where we can't say that we're trying to build up your savings and get you into debt. Like the two things are completely mm-hmm. contradictory. So, we've kind of done this thing where with the the company, um, our partner that actually issues our accounts and our cards, they give us a bit of interest on all the money in the accounts. So, basically, the more money that people save in wildcard, the more interest we make. And so, we try to sort of, we try to challenge this like traditional banking business model where it's all all around getting people into debt and trying to see, can we in the long term build a business model around um, helping people save?
0: Yeah. And I think that's quite interesting by using a company like Wildcard, they're not you don't actually have a product like a home loan or a credit card that you're constantly trying to push on people, which sort of really changes that model.
1: Well, I mean, if you think about it, we haven't, I mean, we haven't really ever considered those types of products just because I think most people don't want them. Um, if mm. I think about people that I know, um, there there are a decent chunk of people who are maybe saving for a house deposit, but generally speaking um i think most people i know they don't really want the credit card or the home loan or the personal loan uh so it's not really i mean it's it's good for us because it's like it's not really people don't really want it as much as maybe older generations do
0: yeah absolutely and if you get yourself into sort of a financial position where you are spending less than you earn and you've got a little bit of money put aside for an emergency fund you really don't need a credit card
1: no definitely not i mean that's 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 the whole point, I think. Of slowly build up that emergency fund, that just completely defeats the purpose of having to pay off a credit card every month and and potentially uh, get hooked on interest.
0: Mm, yeah, and wh- once you get stuck on those cycles, it's really really hard to get off. And I've sort of, I think even throughout the Royal Commission, we've heard some terrible stories about people who've ended up with like ten different credit cards and personal loans and got themselves into a really terrible situation.
1: Well, I mean, I think the 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 problem more broadly is that there's um, there's a real lack of financial literacy and financial literacy education and that's why it's so good the the, the kind of thing that you're doing um, at how to money I just think that there's there needs to be there needs to be more of that um, and even starting from schools um, teaching kids more about their finances we didn't learn anything about money in school so and I feel like that would have been really useful for me and a lot of people that I know uh, but then it kind of goes down to if you think about um, the way financial literacy education works i mean uh you know there's courses and there's there's books online but there's nothing really nothing really solid and there's nothing really uh mainstream apart from a couple of couple of big big books that are out there <laughs> uh, so there's a real need for i think more financial literacy education and uh, and particularly for people uh people under 30
0: yeah absolutely. and And for people to start talking about it to each other, it's yep. uh, I always get excited when people are happy to share meeting their like savings goal of getting a thousand dollars in their emergency fund. and it's really exciting to sort of share in those financial moments.
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, it's funny. I don't know if you noticed this, but I think um, I think people our age are a lot more forthcoming with their finances. Uh, mm. I know that you know it's a bit of it, it was in the past considered a bit of a taboo topic. Um, but I've really noticed that, uh, people, people our age are like very, very willing to talk about finances and it, whether it's like a joke or a meme on Facebook about how broke they are, or <laughs> whether it's like talking to friends about, um, you know, how much they make and, um, how they budget and how they save. Have you found that? Cause I've definitely found that.
0: Yeah, I definitely think in my workplace, um, definitely people are starting to talk more openly about even how they are. Budgeting um, and different mm. methods they're using, and you can learn something from everyone. And something might work for you, and it, it might not. But you can have a go, and it might click.
1: I mean, that's that's an interesting point, actually. That it's it's very personal. Uh, you know, we've got our way of doing it. that works for some people, and I know some people have um, who've been very successful with a more traditional model, and. Uh, Everyone's got a slightly different spin on it, so I think the more you can talk to people about, talk to other people about how they do it and what works for them, uh, I think the more you can sort of piece together your own way of approaching money and your personal finances. Mm,
0: Absolutely. Before we wrap up, did you have any last budgeting or savings tips you wanted to share?
1: Look, I think it comes down to what we've talked before with uh, with just keeping it simple and and spending less than you earn. I would definitely encourage people who have the specific problem around their paycheck not lasting until the end of the pay cycle to check out what we're doing. But at the same time, I think there's a lot of, um, you know, if you could take your, your budget and, and just boil it down to how much am I spending on myself? You know, how much am I just spending on, on, on general spending, food, drinks, enjoying my life and how much am I spending on my fixed expenses? If you know those two things, that's going to make your life so much easier. Um, and you can almost work out the equation, just how much do I earn? What are my fixed expenses? And then whatever's left is savings and spending. Um, that's, that's the simplest way to manage your money. I feel, um, and I would encourage anyone who, who wants to do it themselves to, to, to try it that way, just get the numbers out, just, you know, income minus expenses equals spending and savings. Um, and from there just keep it simple. Mm,
0: I think that's the most important thing, just keep it simple. It doesn't need to be really complicated. It's just sort of what you spend and what you earn, know your numbers and work it out from there. Yep.
1: Yeah,
0: definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll include the link to uh, Wildcard in the show notes so anyone can check it out if they want to. And you're also available on the App Store, Android and yep. Apple?
1: Uh, Android coming soon. Okay, uh, right. We're on, available on the App Store, um, on the iOS App Store right now.
0: Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Nathan.
1: Thanks very much for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to today's How To Money podcast episode with Nathan from Wildcard. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes and send any questions our way via www.howtomoney.online. You can also catch us on Twitter and Instagram at HowToMoneyAUS and we'd love to hear from you. You've been listening to the How To Money podcast.